Give me that countryside. Episodes Free Farm Friday will be and are available free of charge to the entire human race at crusadechannel.com. And uh, very, very soon, a double secret probation way of vending those Free Farm Friday episodes coming your way. Uh, if you want to, you know, I asked yesterday for anyone that didn't send me a note about being a beta tester for the new double secret probation. I'm always astounded by this audience's humility. That when great things are offered to it, it goes, no, it's Lint. I don't want to see anything happy and good and cool. Whatever, dude. I'm sending the, I'm sending the link out to anyone that asks for it now because the launch is getting closer and closer and inevitably we're going to miss some things. Um, uh, and uh, we, we, we're going to get it right before we make a big hoop-de-doo public announcement, but uh, it is a tremendous work in progress, and it is a leap forward from anything that we have presented of these shows, live broadcast, the whole shebang, uh, and I can't wait for all of you to see it, especially those of you that wrestle with technology. This is for you. You're the ones that will love it the most. Oh, in any event, uh, let us go to our uh, master farmers. I believe we're going to talk today about uh, eggs and chickens. I believe it is uh, today's uh, a, a subject here. Since we have spent a lot of time talking about eggs and chickens. And about... <laughs> well, we, we must get back. We, we must talk about egg-bound chickens. Yes, egg-bound chickens. And all that you need to know about them. So, Mitter Monday, the old farmer, what do we need to know about egg-bound chickens, sir? And why do I care? Well, we need to know that it happens. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Uh, all right. Well, somebody actually used my... Came up. I'm not going to sound like you now. Somebody actually used my email appropriately. <laughs> you know, I saw Honestly, that. I think, it, I think it was a text, actually. But uh, yeah, that that when you have a sudden death chicken, yes, you go out there and you you may or may not notice lethargy or you know, a chicken kind of like not acting the way it's supposed to, depending on how close you are to them, and then you know within twenty four forty eight hours they die, and then, of course you're you're concerned because is it is it a flock in issue or an individual issue? Mm -hmm. I don't even, I won't put a percentage on it, but if there's nothing obvious, like a box tore it apart or 
there is actually evidence of, of respiratory distress or issues. Uh, being egg-bound is often a, an issue, and it's depending on the development. All the egg can actually get caught in in the tube. And remember, the tube that's coming out is the same one that they uh, defecate out of. So the biggest problem is if you block it up, they can't crap. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. I, uh, that is really useful information. Uh, so, so what you're talking about then is basically a chicken egg that's breech. It may breach. It may have development issues, especially with older hens or ones. And they don't have to be older either. They can be young. You know, as they get older, sometimes you'll start seeing the eggs get malformed, or they'll get calcium deposits on them, or they'll get the really soft shells. And yeah, you got an issue. And, and then, you know, that's again, that that's oftentimes that's what the issue is. Uh, you know, if you notice it, and I, 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 I'm going to send an article out because I thought you know, a lot of people are doing this. Maybe they don't know and that it might be helpful for them. I wouldn't have it. known. I wouldn't have known anything about it. I would have gone, like, hey, what's the matter with Florence? <laughs> Florence, I'm going to slap what. you upside the head if you don't start popping some eggs out, lady. Well, you know, sometimes they do just die. <laughs> kind of like people, you know. I mean, we don't, we don't always know why. <laughs> but that's, all, that's Sometimes Henny yeah. Penny may die. <laughs> well... And, you know, I mean, it depends. If you've got, you know, 12 chickens and you love them and you see them and talk to them six or seven times a day, you're going to notice these things. If you've got 500 and you're trying to take care of them, you may not notice. Although attention to the any of your animals is important, just like attention to your garden is important, to see what's going on. Just like I had to drag a sheep in last night and pen it in. So she's awfully pregnant. I should have got rid of her last year, and she's got some issue now where she gets pregnant and I believe it's pressing on a nerve or something. She really can't walk. But she seems to want to. I put her in there. Here's, hey, here's everything. You stay right there. No, she goes out and lays a manure pile. So I dragged her in last night. And I locked her in. I said, okay, you're not going to oh, have anymore. great I'm fun. I'm tired of <laughs> cleaning uh, up after the manure. Uh, so what you're basically talking then about, uh, in some instances, if your chicken farm or your chicken farming has gotten out of scale, you wouldn't notice. Well, yeah, that that's true, and I mean, you know, I see a lot of these things, especially this time of year now, and with this big thing now, everybody's getting chickens. Everybody's all the sites they're all sending out sales and all their latest equipment and all. Like one of the ones that annoys me is the solar powered uh, door closer. <laughs> uh, you know, well, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. Hey, you know, you and I, as long as you get home, you have, get your bourbon a little early and all. So I don't feel like going out and closing them in. But you know what? You have to. It's part of the responsibility. If you're going to start. You know, yes, I have automatic waters, I have automatic feeders and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going to hand it off to the automation, you're going to get what you're going to get. That's all. You know, I mean, you have to keep it close attention. That's all. Things happen. All right. And then you give a very handy-dandy idiocracy chart filled with icons of what sick Henny Penny might look like. Yeah. No, it wasn't for me. I haven't had that article. I think it might be one of the ones I had on that memory stick I handed out in the last couple of, I don't remember, but I, you know, yeah, and it just gives you some things to look at. And, and you know, lethargy is one if it's kind of staying away from the flock, if it doesn't want to get up and walk. Uh, a lot of those kinds of things are, are, are evidence that there's something wrong. And, you know, yeah, there's a uh, common tail pumping, for example. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let me bring in the other member of this uh, uh, erudite crew of uh, master farmers, Mr. Brian Koch here. Brian, you, you ever dealt with any of these issues here about egg-bound chickens? Uh, I, I haven't noticed it, but, uh, you know, I've 
had some die suddenly. Oh, and by the way, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Back at you. And you're not getting out of coming into Congress that easy, buddy. Nope. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we'll, we'll take a collection of it if we have to. Um, you wanted today to talk about growing stuff and stuff. Enough of this it. killing stuff and how we're all going to kill us. We need to talk about how do we respond by growing stuff. I mean, it's well, a novel concept, B, I must say. You know, I... I, I I, it was bringing back a lot of PTSD from chemistry. I was <laughs> a horrible chemistry student. But, Mr. I don't want to talk about dioxin anymore. I want to talk about taters. I mean, I deal, I deal with water pollution every day. I mean, it's... it's, it's <laughs> I deal with it about 30 times a day when I go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> I make yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, all right. All right. Seriously. Uh, I got a box in uh, yesterday uh, from Park Seed Company. I haven't opened it up yet, but I know what's in it. And there are um, there are two two pound bags of gold Yukon tater slips, and there's two two pound bags of I'm trying to remember what the other tater I got was. It's one that grows great in the South. So I got tater slips now. And I and and because it looks like I'm landbound here, I can actually throw them in the ground this year. So I want you, Mr. Coke, walk the king dude through becoming king tater farmer. What should I do to get? How should I prep my ground? What should I throw on top, etc.? So what should I do to plant what should be enough taters to feed this family? For once we start harvest for the, uh, I, I would think, uh, about a quarter, about three months with a total of eight pounds of tater slips. Well, uh, what, how are you going to plant them? Are you going to go no dig or are you going to put them in the ground? I, I, I thought that the last time that we, uh, that we talked about this on Free Farm Friday, you talked about going slightly dig and then with cover after the dig. I, I, yes, uh, I've, I've done that uh, before. And actually this year, I, I kind of had a spot where it had some divots and stuff, and I had to you know, kind of fix those before I went in, but it wasn't a full you know, tillage or anything. I just kind of fixed those spots and then put the hay down on top. But... So what, let me just uh, let's just recap. What you told me to do, since I don't have a tiller, was take like a three tine rake or something like that, mark an area where you want to do it, and just whack the snot out of it with the rake, and then beat it up with a shovel, so that it's not tilled, it's not completely broken up, but the grass is broken up, and, and it's not a solid field of grass, and then the pa the plant the tater slips uh, in that. And then I, I think I, I want to say you say cover it with a little dirt and then cover it with the hay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's that's what I was doing. That's kind of what I did with these. You know, I didn't I didn't bust the tiller out on those. I did last year bust the tiller out uh, just to because I wanted to see you see that difference. Um, but uh, this year, I you know I got to where I was like you know I I think I know what I want to do and I was. It was, I was also dealing with uh, broken bones and stuff as well, so it kind of, it kind of got in, 
in the way of a lot of other things going on. So, uh, but what I did, I basically, you know, roughed the ground up. And then when I planted the slips or the well, the the, the potato eyes, uh, the seed potatoes, uh, I took each one and I cut them in half, and I made sure I had at least two eyes on each half. So that means, you know, what you're calling the slips, you know, on the potatoes, you know, that's what I call the eyes. Uh, On slips, I'm usually thinking about sweet potatoes because you're growing an actual, you know, stem out of it and then then removing that and planting that. So that's the the difference. So when you're saying slip, I'm saying eye. Just to avoid confusion for anybody else, it's it's kind of the same thing. So what I did, I, I just basically cut those in half, made sure I had the eyes. Then I put the wood ash on them. This is key. Uh, now, now, uh, now, uh, step by step here, Brian, explain why. And I've been saving all of my ash from the egg since fall, <clears throat> so I got a nice bag of of burnt oak ash from uh, cooking steaks every Sunday or almost every Sunday or whatever, and chicken wings and ribs and what have you here that you see on the uh, Cooking with the King Dude page on in the store. So I got a nice bag of ash this year. I have no shortage of my own ash. Why should I, why, why would I roll my slips in ash? Well, what that does is um, it helps keep the critters off of them. I like to eat the stuff, you know, the, whatever pests and everything that like to eat your potatoes. Or the slips, uh, you know, keeps those away. But also, that ash lowers that pH, which potatoes like tomatoes and other uh, nightshade family plants like that lower, uh, you know, that little lower pH, almost acidic uh, soil. So, as we know, you know, you can use wood ash to make soap or, or lye to make soap. Well, that lye is acidic, so that that's that's another another thing you could you know i some people just do the eyes or the uh the have you know whatever the seed in the ash and that's it some people put the ash down as well uh, uh on, on top so wow. okay. you can you can do either or i've done i'm doing actually both this year where i did some with and some without just to kind of observe differences and stuff see if it makes a difference um, no. So that's what that, and you can also, when you rough up that ground, if you want to add a little bit of uh, fertilizer into the ground uh, before, you know, before or after you, you know, before or after you cover, you know, before you cover them, either you know, put the slips down, fertilize down, or fertilize down, slips down, eyes down, and then cover. So if you want to do that, just to throw a little extra. And now, and now, uh, here on Free Farm Friday here on uh, this episode, remember all episodes are available. You can catch up on all of them at crusadechannel.com forward slash free dash farm dash Friday. Forward slash free dash farm dash Friday. It's actually under the shows tab. There is a uh, menu there under the Mike Church Show tab for Free Farm Friday and Wisdom Wednesday. You'll, you can see they're all nicely displayed on one page. Um, there's another uh, uh, reason or, or, or part about this. After you coat them in the ash and put them in the ground, you might want to talk about, okay, so I'm going to cover them with hay. Well, here in southeast Louisiana, it's going to be primarily we're going to find Bermuda grass hay. Uh, but I'm not just looking for the brand or the style of hay. I'm looking for the uh, hay that has not been what? 
caloric. Uh, You're going to have to start over. The hay that has, hey, hold on, drum roll, please, drum roll. The hay that has not been what? Sprayed with a type of herbicide that targets broadleaf, quote unquote, weeds. Uh, so that means grazon, which, going back to chemistry, it's uh, I think they call it picloric acid. Um, grazon, there's some other uh, broadleaf uh, target things, but grazon, uh, remedy, um, a few other trade names that are, that are out there that are commonly, remedy's not really used on broadleaf as much as trees. But the grazon is. They'll spray a pasture with grazon to kill all the broadleaf uh, plants in there just so they can have a pure stand of whatever grass they're trying to grow. So what that does, that grazon, it stays on the hay and it has a residual of about 18 months. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to, if it's, that hay's been baled or rolled or whatever, it's going to keep it in there longer. Um, and why don't you want, want this it. on your potato or any other bed? Because potatoes are broadly. So it's going it to retard, kill. if not kill, your tater growth, folks. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, one of the guys I follow, David the Good, has a very good video on it. And it even he was talking about using cow manure from cows that ate hay that was treated or was sprayed with, uh, with grazon. And he couldn't figure out why his garden was not. Well, it turned out. The, it transported through the cow into the manure and killed those broadleaves. Uh, so, now, uh, now I, I just want to say quickly, let me bring Minter Monday back in here. Minter Monday, let's just talk about this for that, That's how powerful this stuff is. The cow eats it and then, you know, it, it gives it back to us so we can put it in the garden here. But it still has the poison in it. It's got the bad stuff in it. And even if you use that... It has that kind of an effect. What is that? You know, you're the heirloom livestock guy. Imagine what it's doing to the meat, to the cow's muscles. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why we try to avoid it, as we've, you know, seen now. I mean, it's kind of hard to get away from it around the world. It's in the air. It's in the water. But, you know, we have to try to minimize it as much as we can. That's all we can do at this point. I don't know where there's virgin areas anymore to go to. Mm. But, uh, uh, uh I've done some reading, and I, and I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't, I don't even believe myself anymore. Uh, are, there, are there things you can put in, just like they try to talk about, you know, detoxing natural uh, uh, things you can give to the animals to help with that? I haven't seen anything that I believe in necessarily, so I wouldn't even begin to recommend it. But we may need to do some more studies on that. I don't know what else, I don't know what else to do other than that. Or we, just, we just try to minimize it, keep our own areas as, as natural as we can. And you know, there are limitations to that, too. I remember going to some living history farms around the area, and they were talking about certain uh, invasive species that have since come up and have only been here for about 100 years. So they're trying to show something that's 150, 200 years ago. So, yeah, we go around and kind of spray it because it didn't exist back then. So there's no, you know, no way to handle it. So, again, like you said, we, we don't want to get rid of you know, toilets and electricity, but we do need to to try to find that balance where we can we can mitigate some of this. Right? Yeah, yeah, we can. yeah, and the other day I was uh, I was reading the story that you had sent me about the nanobots um, and then the, <laughs> using the nanotechnology on the vegetable crop and the woman that wrote that writes at produce.org, I'm like, no, what is wrong with you? Why do you want nanotech on vegetables? 
No! <laughs> yeah, once it, yeah, once it escapes, it's out there. You, you, you're not, we're, you know, we're not going to throw a little wood ash on it and get it to go away. <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be out there. Well, I, and, so. I, and I'm thinking more of the ones that she's talking about the 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 the, nan, the nanotech or the nanobots that are kind of, I guess, kind of organic or actually happen in the environment, um, or maybe they're engineered to happen in the environment. Uh, I'm talking about, and I'm thinking about the the nanobots that Junk Bomb was describing. Which are little man-made mint. I mean, you have to have a microscope to see, but they are transistors. They have they have uh, if and or on-off gates, and if they have if and or on-off gates, then they can be told to do things with an input command. Uh, I don't want if and or on-off gates in my bloodstream, but apparently that's what we're going to be eating if these people get their way. That's true, and uh, we, you know, as Mitter Junk Bond used to say, when they're testing it on us, we're probably we probably already are in some form and formats. But uh, remember, we weren't supposed to be talking about that today. We were supposed to be talking about no, we're what's gonna... good, what's growing, the spring is coming. <laughs> well, spring's not coming for uh, it. It you you'd be about a month behind us or six weeks behind us. So yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we right now, I mean, it's getting up to 82 degrees here today. So right now, uh, Brian and I can throw whatever we want in the ground. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out and kill all of my clover cover uh, beginning today. I'm going to throw the box. I should have done it earlier this week, but I was kind of out of town. Uh, I can actually get my cover crop done now. Uh, it all grew fantastically. I've got the most beautiful beds of, uh, of clover and vetch. And uh, I'm going to kill all of them. I'm gonna throw, uh, I've got a, uh, hundreds of square feet of boxes we've been saving. I'm just going to throw the boxes on it and keep it on there for a week or so. And that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to I'm going to get the clover to grow dormant. And as soon as the clover has grown dormant, I'm going to pick those boxes up and I'm going to plant the seedlings that I'm planting in little seedling trays directly into what remains of the uh, of the clover bed. So that's what I'm doing. Mitter Coke. That sounds like the right thing to do, doesn't it? And I am right behind you. Actually, I started working on one where actually the freeze in, back in December killed my cover crop. And some of it came back, so I just ran chickens through it um, to build the f fertility. And I, it was kind of a bad spot um, that I needed to really work on anyway, so it needed some animal impact. So I just finished running the chickens through it. I've been... Uh, uh, driving around town because uh, right now is live oak leaf fall season so when the live oaks are losing their leaves everybody's throwing them out to the dump uh, no 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 you want to catch them you want to get them if you yeah. can get them oh yeah rake those jokers into well, bags well they're they're bagged up and ready for me to take home they're That's... very generous well, throw a couple in a big box so... and ship them my way <laughs> yeah 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 but, but uh so i'm i'm you know, going around gathering up. So what I'm going to do in that area, the chickens have already run through it. I'm doing some corn, green bean, uh, and other probably corn and green beans for sure. Planting tomorrow in that, and I'm going to I'm experimenting with uh, five foot spacing, but uh, increasing the population in the row on the corn because uh, I've been reading up on some of that stuff trying to, you know, water savings and plant uh, interaction stuff. Uh, again, it's just some things I'm, I'm trying to read up on and everything. So I'm, I'm going to do work on that tomorrow. 
I've got uh, 75 meat chickens coming next week, oh. and I've got to get get ready for those. Um, let's see. Also, another thing I've got on my list is uh, building a worm bin. I've got an old sink with its old double sink, and I think I'm going to make an earthworm bin so I can uh, make uh, you know earthworm tea and and uh, you know vermiculture for. For you know, uh, you know, another option to Mid, make fertilizer. Midish Chur and I had a friend. We still have friends of ours, uh, and I think they still do this. Uh, Desiree started her own worm culture, and she did it in an old stall that was a, a stall that, that, that used to have horses in it, and mm-hmm. so she could use pretty much the whole stall. And she just kind of boarded up one one side of it, so there would be a you know a barricade on on either end, right, on all four sides. And I remember that she just, uh, she ordered them from somewhere and she got bags of freaking like cedar worms or whatever they call them. And she just put them in there. She just, she filled it up with the, whatever the soil mixture was. She just kind of threw them in there. And then I can't remember what it was that she was supposed to feed them, um, but they just sprinkled it on top. And they do all regenerative stuff at that farm. And she, um, and then she'd go out there with a pitchfork and turn it. And in about six months, dude, that was a bed. That wasn't dirt. That was a bed of freaking worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and was creepy, actually, to see because you start turning it and it moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it definitely turns it into a living type. It, I know. It, it, it looks like something out of a horror flick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, it, it'll, it'll grow the heck out of some vegetables for you. And that's you know that's, and this that's, is something that people don't know, B. And they here's what they don't know. Brian Koch here with us and Dan Monday, our master farmers, on a Free Farm Friday episode. What they don't know and they want and what they don't understand. And you know, I still see this in even storytelling. Uh, people telling stories about the saints and about how you know these Benedictine monks went out there and they were toiling in the field behind the plow and they had to plow all the land of going, No, no. <laughs> Those monks would have known not to plow the field up. They would not have been plowing the field up. They may have been making road, you know, scissor rows, dents in the rows, but they, <laughs> they weren't plowing. Modern industrial agriculture taught us to make rows and plow the snot out of everything and kill every living green and critter thing that was in the soil. That is not what they would have done in the 6th century. No, no, and 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 the, you know I think people don't realize the the key to regenerative agriculture, the key to building soil health, is putting biology back into the system. And it makes you sense. Want, That's common sense. Yeah. The key to your health is putting food into you. Biology. Yeah. Yes. You don't yeah. eat BBs and, and grow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, and I think I think you know a lot of this stuff that we're seeing now we can thank our we thank darwin for a lot of it because his ideas have poisoned biology yeah no doubt and thinking and you know i you know i work with some pretty i wouldn't say that you know i I think they're pretty smart scientists you know and and everything and but they still think Adding chemicals to your body is necessary for for healthy living. You know, aka shots or whatever. You know, 
whatever you know has been the the popular thing in the past couple of years um and it, it's it's beyond them to understand that no you do have an immune system and it will work if you take care of it and you know it, it's it, you know trying to it's funny because they all when i speak at you know these events and, and and meetings on soil health and and you know regenerative and, and and building your soils and stuff they all just love it and eat it up but then they turn around and go do other things with their bodies that aren't you know conducive for you know natural function and it's like it, it just doesn't you know it, it just doesn't add up doesn't make sense. But, uh, I, 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 just another uh, point, I want to just put a, a dot over this particular eye about the regenerative farming practices. Something else that they would have known in Christendom Farms, and you hear this all the time, that the peasants and the serfs and uh, you know the, uh, the the sharecroppers, if you will, in Christendom, that were squatting on the land with permission of the land baron. That you know that the, the baron relied on them to to uh, to to grow the crops, to tend to the fields, and we're made instantly. Our thoughts turn to modern farming. That man, how did they have ten acres? Or how did they have six acres of land that they farmed crops on, and all they had was one, was an ox or two to pull that big, ginormous, heavy plow and plow all of that and get rid of all the weeds and, and make the land so you know beautiful and pristine so they had all their crop rows? That is not how they farmed. That <laughs> That is how... Mr. Douglas farmed in Green Acres. That is not so. They and again, as you have said a hundred thousand times, and Dan Monday, Mr. Monday has said, one of the objectives of regenerative farming is to make farming easier for you. Let the land do the work. Correct. That sounds correct to me. And you wanted you. You're taking out every input. You know, you're not sending money to town. You know, to bring inputs in that that are, and we're going to find out pretty soon, or we are finding out that a lot of them are unnecessary. And I, you know, it's it's about closing your system and becoming self sufficient. And truly, you're not you're not even sustainable. You're you're actually regenerative because you you've built a, an enclosed system. You've developed that ecosystem. And, and, and turn your farm into that functioning ecosystem. That's right. And this is the main point here, the new listeners or those of you who are maybe uh, are very, or fresh listeners. That you, why do we talk about this and why does it matter? Uh, it matters because they love to talk about sustainability. A regenerative farm is the model of sustainability. Barring an act of God, nature... A prolonged drought, a flood, uh, a hurricane, or something that could uh, could wreak natural or natural disaster on your land. A regenerative farm, properly understood and worked at with that knowledge and a healthy trust in the Almighty, um, is actually the sustainable model. It will sustain itself, even when you introduce livestock to it. So final uh, point for you, and then I'm going to go to Mitter Monday, and, and, and I want to talk to him about something on this. Um, 
Tell people why you cover the potatoes with hay, because some of them be going, well, how's the tater going to get in the sun so it can grow up and come out of the earth? Oh, you, we got to have crop rows. When you cover that potato bed that we're going to make, when you cover it with hay, it, you're, you're depriving it of the sun. Well, that's not going to work. That's just, uh, that's just not right. It can't be right. So explain why it will work. Well, when you bury it in the ground, you deprive it of the sun. A plant doesn't need the sunlight to sprout. It needs sunlight to do, once it does sprout, to function, you know, photosynthesis and, uh, you know, your, your, your cycles that happen with the plant. But for it, you have all the energy in that seed or, or whatever you're starting from right there to boost that plant up and get it to start its growth cycle. You don't need sunlight for that energy, for that. Once the plant has sprouted and gone, you know, and collects sunlight and, and does all this stuff, that's when it needs that sun's energy to continue its cycle. So, yeah, you, you cover them because it needs that dark. It's kind of like a rest period. And even I've, I've been reading up on starting peppers because I've had, I've had, it takes a long time, longer for, to start pepper seeds than other seeds. Why? Uh, why? Why? They just. They I got a pack. I'm asking you because I got a, a pack. A pack of. Pe, 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 I got a pack of pepper seeds. <laughs> I got the red. I got the the uh, the hybrid red, gold, and uh, green variety. Red, gold, and green. Oh, I'm a culture club song. Uh, I got the red, green, and gold variety, and I'm going to seed them this weekend. Why does it take longer? It's it's just the the way the seed is. Uh, you. Uh, they have a like a harder coat on them, okay. And uh, it just it needs to dissolve. So what I'm going to tell you right now is maybe stick those seeds in the freezer, okay, tonight or today. As soon as we you know as soon as you get done, okay, stick them in the freezer. I can. Uh, first thing in the morning, take them out. Uh, set them on a wet paper towel, okay, and uh, just let them soak that up, and then uh, they should. You know, maybe by the end of the day, if you want to put them in your soil or if you want to put them in that white paper towel, uh, maybe put them in a Ziploc, put them on top of your uh, freezer or refrigerator. You know, it'll be warm enough because they need about 80 to 90 degrees okay. to to germinate. Put that on there. Uh, you could either put them on there uh, in that towel or put them in soil and put them up there. But... And light, like I said, light doesn't matter. You won't need the grow light or sunlight or whatever you're using okay. until they have come up. So you just keep an eye on them, and when they start coming up, then you start putting them in the light. So um, You got all and, this, Maggie? You got all this? <laughs> oh, that's right. We're recording this. No. Crusade Channel listeners only listen live. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, Brian, hang on. And, and, go, go ahead, go ahead. And you can you can use my phone number properly and, and talk to me about it, too, <laughs> if you have questions. So, since we're into using technology Hey, properly, hey, so. hey, hey, just remember, just remember this lint. I am my brother's keeper. I am That's not right. my brother's spell checker. <laughs> I am right. not my brother's correcty correctorson. Just remember and use people's phone numbers properly. All right, Mitter Monday. Minimum money must yes, be sir. champion at the bit here. Uh, so you now you don't do seedlings, but I wanted to talk to you about the livestock. Oh yeah, oh, yeah we yeah, yeah we do. Oh, yeah, do you? I okay, do a lot. 
Oh, I, I mean, years ago, we had the greenhouse and stuff. And, you know, when I have slave labor at home, my children, and we used to do a couple thousand tomatoes and a thousand peppers and stuff. God so loves slave labor. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're all gone now. i, I got to pick and choose what I can get done. I mean, that's why I pretty much do the kitchen-sized garden and stuff anymore. Between that and the, the stuff I get from the soup kitchen that I feed to the pigs that I pick through and say, oh, I can eat that, and I can eat that. I don't, you know, my, the pressure's off me to grow a lot. We, what I used to do with it, like the peppers, because they take 10 days or two weeks sometimes to sprout, do exactly what Brian said, and I'd spread them on the paper towel in a tray, and I'd put them on the back of the furnace and just watch them. And I'll tell you, within three, four days, they're sprouted. The only thing I will say is you can't say, oh, that looks good. I'll, I'll, I'll get to them tomorrow because you know, and and, the little tendrils will start to rot off. Oh, so once but, they sprouted, they got to go in the ground. Yeah, you really should know. And sit there with a pair of tweezers and put your glasses on and be all ready and just boom, boom, plant them in there. And I tell you, in a couple, you know, within a week, you can have sprouted plants coming up. So it does work. We used to do that, but uh, I, I took the greenhouse down years ago and stuff. All right, I may get back to it, miniature. I don't have as much time and and, and, and free time and money as you do. <laughs> Yo, I'm swimming in it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. She <laughs> just got my head above the bunny pile. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> Time and money. Surely you jest. Yeah, don't call me Shirley. Uh, well, yeah, as we get older, it's also energy. I've got to admit, it's starting to get harder and harder. Okay, now something that uh, you are a, a, a long study in. Uh, and if you came to either of the previous Congresses, then you got a little yellow thumb drive that you probably never stuck in your computer. Because it didn't have your favorite guy on YouTube that you turned the Crusade channel on to listen to. Uh, there is some really good information on that drive. Uh, that drive also contains a PDF copy of a book that's out of print, but it was printed in the 1950s. Um, and that is How to how to Farm. Is it on less than an acre? Is that what it's called? No, it's, it's called the Have More Plan. The Have More Plan. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do you how less than two acres? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's what the guy was. A guy came home from the war, got married, had a job in New York City, and said, "I don't like this," and bought a place in Connecticut with a couple of acres and really good basic stuff. And it's, it's dated, but really good basic stuff. Yeah, but really nothing that's regenerative or sustainable or natural, or organic is not really dated. <laughs> the, the illustrations yeah, may be dated. You may where? Yeah. What kind of what kind of get up is that? Uh, a modest one? <laughs> he ain't got any tattoos. He can't be a real farmer. Uh, uh, you have your story and I have mine. Uh, but it really is, uh, and you can start thinking about this now. It's late February, especially if you're above the Mason-Dixon line. Curse all of you. Uh, get south as fast as you can. Uh, but you can start thinking about this now of what you can do with a little third of an acre, half of an acre maybe, um, or even smaller, you know, there are, there, 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 if you draw it out and plan it out, this is the thing, and, and, and plan it out by the, by the time of year. What can you do when the spring thaw comes? What do you want to have going when the summer comes? What do you want to have going or be prepared to do when the fall comes? And then do you, you know, do you have to, do you prepare for winter? Yes. Winter has a role in all this. Most people think that it doesn't, that the farmers just go home and get drunk and fat for the, for, 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 until the snows melt. Well, they did an awful lot of prep to get to the point where they could get fat and wait for the snows to melt. And this is, the, this is what has been lost in the modern era and with all this technology, and there's an app for that. And there is that there's an app for that, but there's hardly any aptitude for anything else. 
And that's one of the, uh, that's the issue. You know, I gave uh, somebody a pop quiz the other day at my talk in Tampa, Florida, the Epiphany uh, Catholic Church on Mardi Gras night to the, fraternal, uh, to the Fraternal Society of St. John the Apostle. Uh, he picked up Rory Groves' book and he goes, watch this. And Ashley's going like, this is the greatest book on the subject ever written. You need to get it. And I asked the guy, I was like, what do you want to do? And he goes, I don't know. I'm in the military, but I want to get out. I said, well, do you have a fancy for, you know, a trade or do something in your hands? And he goes, it's a good question, Mr. Church. I don't know. I said, well, all right, pick the book up. And I said, ah, ah, don't open it. Don't open it. Guess. I'm going to give you one guess. Guess what the number one durable trade is that has been with us since Cain and Abel. And he puzzed and then he puzzed. And he goes, oh, that's an easy one, farming. And I went, eh, wrong answer, shepherding. And he kind of looked at me and went like, and he, and he shook his head and went, dude, commit to being a shepherd and you will never be out of work. <laughs> You you will sure. you will never be if, if you want to be a shepherd you will never be out of work ever you know provided you're in an area where they actually allow it well shepherding is legal uh, and and the point being and we were talking with Brian here about the regenerative model being the sustainable model this regenerative model it doesn't have to but it almost does have to include livestock, some sort of animal presence, doesn't it? Definitely. You have to have something that's going to complete the cycle. The cycle isn't going to complete itself. You have to be able to give back what you're taking out. You can certainly do that with a certain amount of plant organic matter at all. But when we talk about good bacteria, you talk about what's growing in the gut, you're talking about what what the animal provides back, including concentration of minerals and things that they are taking up. I mean, we've depleted a lot of the minerals on our topsoils around, but, I mean, that they're taking up and they're able to put provide you with the ability to put it back down. So, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing bad about it at all uh, that I can ever come up with. I mean, you can always have issues, and we do. But uh, you know, I've, never, I've never had to say, gee, I can't grow anything anymore because the pigs were there. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> not true. And, you know, and, and, you know they're... A lot of times they they are the be they're, they're the best workers for you. You know, when Brian said he put the chickens out there, let them get the area cleaned up for them. Hey, you know, yeah, you can stay, have a, go have a beer while they're doing the work for you, and you know, they, and it's good for them too. It keeps them busy so they don't get out. Well, and I think that this is the great <laughs> that this is the the, the 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 complete and total misconception. Let me bring Brian back in, uh, and and that's this, Brian. Uh, uh, many many people uh, exist in this fantasy world where farming is this 24 7 uh unending back-breaking labor hog there's never any time for any leisure you're always running around town dirty with mud on your face uh and uh, you're probably going to fail at it anyway so you should just let del monte do it for you that's right you know it's easy. That's why they make grocery stores. So you won't have to deal with it. <laughs> it's easy. That's why they make grocery What do you think they invented grocery stores for? They invented them, Russ, because people became fat and lazy and forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned summer, spring, summer family farm, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, we talked. I think we were talking about obesity earlier. 300,000 uh, people a year. Mm-hmm. It is the second leading cause of death. It is, a, as a matter of fact, it is now overtaken 
lung disease, uh, smoking. It has now overtaken smoking. More people are dying because of, of complications from obesity. It's not just the obesity, high blood pressure, heart attacks, uh, diabetes, insulin deficiency, gallbladders going out. All these things are relating to all these gallbladder surgeries. It's like, you know, you can specialize now in yanking people's gallbladders out. Where, where was this in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s? They had anesthesia. They had gallbladders. Why weren't they ripping them out? One out of every seven people or whatever. Well, they weren't poisoning in the gallbladder and telling it to shut down. Mm-mm. No. But it, with, with all this stuff, I mean, you, you didn't, you just, you didn't, you didn't have it. And, you know, our, our good friend Charles Cologne, you know, he says, it's interesting we have a, we live in a country with a uh, obesity problem and a recession, an economic recession. How in the heck does that happen? If, if, it's I don't know how that happens, but I do know this. Liberace was right. That's right. <laughs> but but it, just, it just shows how much junk has been put, you know, put in front of us and told us it's good for us. Yeah. And, you know. And, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, we, sometimes we, it, it may seem like you're going to hit the same subject every week. Well, it's because the processes are similar. There is nuance to, uh, like, for example, we talked about the potatoes today. We specifically talked about how you grow your own potatoes. And by the way, talk about maintenance-free. Once, if, if you got good slips and you plant them properly, right, Brian? Uh, as long as you got rainfall, you don't really, really need to do much of anything, do you? You just wait until the, 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 the sprouts come up and then they start to brown and die and then dig them up. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's pretty pretty easy, you know. Last year, I probably should have thrown the sprinkler on them a lot more because we were so dry. But you know, you, you get fooled into not thinking about the dryness because we were cool, like we had cool temperatures into May, mm. and then May is when it just opened up and got hot. And then so because yeah, last April I had less than half an inch of rain, and then in March it wasn't very much more. And, you know, usually, normally we get two to three inches of rain in those two, you know, not combined, but total for those two months separately. So, you know, we missed out on, you know, five, at least five inches of rain because of that. And I, you know, just not thinking about it, I should have, you know, should have done that. So it, it affected my yields and stuff. But if you do get the normal rainfall, especially with that hay and that ground being covered, you're you're saving that moisture and the ground, you know it's not being sucked up in, in, into the atmosphere and, and, and evaporating and that's one why we have the principle of keeping the ground covered not only does it keep the moisture in place but it keeps the ground cool too so the plant because a plant you know most of your plants grow great at you know 75 to 85 degrees is just a great temperature for a lot of the plants we're growing for our food. And if you can keep that ground covered, you can maintain that that soil temperature. So, and that's and that's you know. the other thing about ground cover, and why Brian was saying he's going out collecting oak leaves or live oak leaves. Uh, number one, it's free, and number two, it's natural. It's great ground cover. Um, uh, and number three, as it's covering the ground, if you put four inches of that of that down, the bottom inch is what it's retaining moisture and it's it's decaying. It's just leaching nitrogen and nutrients right back into the soil. 
And you're feeding your soil, yeah. And you're feeding your soil biology, too, from earthworms down to the things you need microscopes to see. All right. right. We're out of time. Uh, A great uh, Free Farm Friday here. So, folks, get your taters ready. Now, Brian, for those that do not have tater slips and you can't find them, it's probably too late to get them. I ordered these way back in January, and Park C just sent them to me. You can make them. So all you Mm -hmm. need is go to your grocery store and pick around in uh, whatever uh, variety of tater you like best and root around in them. Look for the eyes. You want to see the eyes, the little barnacles, the little little, little buds coming out. Most of the time, they'll throw those away or people won't buy them. You can even go to your grocery and go, hey, man, if you have any potatoes you guys are going to call out because, you know, they got eyes coming out, can you put them in a bag? I'll come and take them. I'll pick them up for, from you. You're, if your grocer is a local guy, they'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. But you just want to go and you're looking for the buds, uh, the, the little buds to start uh, coming out. And then if you uh, put them in, uh, if, if you douse them with just a little bit of water and put them somewhere, maybe um, put them in a, in, a, in a paper bag or wrap them up in um, a, a burlap a, sack. A, a burlap sack works great. Burlap yeah. sack and then put them somewhere where they're dark. Come back in a couple of weeks and you'll probably have eyes bugging out. You could probably do it in a couple of days. In a couple of days. Uh, and once if, you, if you have, have eyes. Temperatures. Yeah, yeah. Once you, no, so do it indoors. Yeah, you can do it indoors. Yeah. Okay, so once you have eyes, you have potato slips. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're just you know, now you're just taking a really sharp knife and not, don't cut your finger off, and uh, you're just cutting those eyes off so that you and then that's what you plant. So if you if you can't get slips, that's what you plant. We got to go, Brian. Thank you very much. God bless you. Tell Felicity we're uh, she's still in, in our prayers. Heal up quick, girl. I'll do it. God bless y'all. Thank y'all. All right, and Mitter Monday, uh, God bless you. We got a roll here. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Dan, are you going to be making a trip to uh, to John Wick Four? Ah, I, now that you've announced that, I am definitely thinking about it. I haven't missed <laughs> one yet, so yeah, I, 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 I remember we we also went shooting that morning before we went and did the John Wick. That's so we were right, five, we did. I, sure, I forgot that's right. But you missed John Wick because you you had to go. No, 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 no! I went. I was. I went to the theater with you. I, we we spent. We sat in Mr. Colonel's basement there, his big theater room, and we we, we oh, caught right. up on the one, and then we and then we went to the theater. <laughs> but we sat at the bar there and had some uh, rather loud. Well, food, it's, uh, it's the Golden Truth there, Ticket, there John Wick Four giveaway. All right, I gotta go. God bless you, brother. Yep. Talk soon. God bless. Take care.